Episode 24. Greetings, I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli, and you're listening to Vox Talk, your voiceover industry podcast. It's now been over a week since Voice 2007, but as you know, the recent past always lives on at the Vox Daily blog. This episode is packed with great talent, including a special message from Betty Zoller, Ellie Hirschman, Adam Fox, and Mark Cashman. Oh yes, you'll want to watch Jay Leno on Thursday, April 12th to catch the dawn. Let's get on with the show. The Loop, informing you of news and current voiceover events. In entertainment news, Don LaFontaine will be on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno doing a bit with the most recently booted American Idol contestant. Don's participation on Jay's show will be covered by Access Hollywood at a later date. To learn more about Don LaFontaine, check out his website, donlafontaine.com. In other news, if you missed the voice conference a week or two ago, you can relive the magic online. Read great articles about the presenters, special events, and more on the Vox Daily blog. For those of you who are looking for the DVD of the event, you can order it from the voice-international.com website. Again, to get those articles and leave comments on what you've read, just look at the show notes for Vox Talk episode 24. To wrap up, Betty Zoller's audiobook, Speaking Effective English, has been re-released by Simon & Schuster on CD. Betty was kind enough to share this audio clip about her book. Let's have a listen. Speaking Effective English, recently re-released by Simon & Schuster as a brand new two-CD set, contains information on how to make a first impression, how to minimize those accents and dialects, how to overcome stage fright and make better presentations and public speeches, job interview strategies, voicemail do's and don'ts, and even my list of the 10 top vocal sins. It's a potpourri of useful information for everybody of every age. The most prevalent comment from listeners is, I got this or that out of it, and everybody who talks to me or emails me got something different out of it because it meets needs no matter what those needs are. Speaking effective English. Words are powerful. You must own a large number of words. You need them to convey precise meanings. You need them to add spice to your speech. Colorful additions to language have always been prized. In fact, in the United States during the 1920s, slang and vernacular expressions were particularly popular. They became a frequent element of the language, enlivened and liberated it. It's said that people actually read Walter Winchell's column. He was very famous then as a gossip columnist for the Hearst newspapers and was read by over 50 million Americans each week in order to learn the popular in expressions of the day. Thank you to Voices.com for asking me to do this little bit on speaking effective English. I'm Betty Pierce-Zoller, the primary author. Ask your bookseller and librarian for speaking effective English, the new 2007 two CD set and thanks for listening. To read an interview I conducted with Betty this week just follow the links in the show notes for this episode. That address again is blogs.voices.com slash voxtalk The Biz helping you grow your voiceover business Today in The Biz Ellie Hirschman talks about learning new accents Hi, this is Ellie Hirschman. 
A lot of people collect things as a hobby. The thing I collect is a little unusual. I collect accents. I love hearing and observing and then uh, learning to imitate new accents. And when you listen to an accent, you have to pick up on what sounds change from the quote-unquote normal English pronunciation. By figuring out the mouth placement, you're then able to imitate the accent by changing your own speech patterns to match that of the accent you're trying to imitate. This can come in handy for various voiceover roles. Uh, if you're asked to imitate a British accent or an Indian accent or any other accent different than your own, it can particularly come in handy in voice acting, but occasionally you'll get a commercial read where they need some kind of accent. Sometimes you'll need a bit of more of an in-depth analysis of an accent in order to pick it up properly. For this purpose, I usually go to a website called the Speech Accent Archive. It's at accent.gmu.edu. And they collect samples of a standard text read by various English speakers who originate from countries other than America. So you'll get English read in an Irish accent, an Indian accent, anywhere in the world you can think of, and even dialects and accents from various parts of America. They'll break down the sentence as read by the speaker, transcribe it in standard notation, and show you where exactly the speaker differs from a quote-unquote normal pronunciation. This is an invaluable resource to someone looking to pick up an accent or just looking to study what makes an accent unique. I recommend that anybody interested in accents check it out. But if you want to hear my take on any accents, you'll have to go to my website at elliehirschman.com to hear some samples. If you appreciated Ellie's segment, send him some feedback via email at his website. You can reach him at elliehirschman.voices.com. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. Adam Fox digs deep to bring you some humble beginnings. Remember yours? You're listening to another Defiant Digital Podcast for Voices.com. Here's your host, Adam Fox. Hi, folks. It's Adam here. I'm going to just go ahead and jump right into our topic today. I'm going to talk about something that, well, a lot of us would probably like to forget uh, or maybe not even want to admit that uh, it happened, but I'm going to talk about our humble beginnings. Yes, all of us have had our humble beginnings. Let's just think about this for a second. Did every single person that got into the voiceover game start with a uh, very expensive studio with all kinds of top-line gear? Well, no. A lot of us started in apartments in uh, less than perfect circumstances, but does that really necessarily mean that we're not as passionate about what we do as other people who maybe have the time and the resource to put into it? Absolutely not. So, humble beginnings. What kind of circumstances have we all started with? Well, myself, I was lucky enough to have a father that was in the business, so I started with at least some gear. However, when I broke out on my own and moved out to uh, find my way in the world, I didn't, uh, you know, certainly take all his equipment. That uh, would have probably uh, garnered me a pretty good death sentence from him. Uh, but moreover, I found myself in less than perfect audio situations where uh, maybe I had neighbors upstairs or next door, and, you know, it can be very difficult to try to find the time and place to do a recording, especially when you're working on a deadline. Then let's talk about soundproof. How hard is it? How many of you, honestly, you don't have to raise your hands for this one, but how many of you out there have been in less than perfect sonic uh, situations and have had to make do with a variety of different soundproofing techniques? Okay, I'll mention a couple since I don't want to put anybody on the spot.
lot. Um, how many times have I gone to, oh, say, a Walmart or some other type of uh, a discount store and bought mattress pads? Okay, I see some more hands out there in the back. Yes, mattress pads are a wonderful, wonderful, cheap soundproofing solution. They work really well, especially when you have pretty dire circumstances. If you're soundproofing in a closet and you don't want necessarily that early reflectivity to come back or the jingling of the hangers every time you take the hangers down, uh, you know, it, the stuff can work really well. And, you know, it's the poor man's sound insulation. Yes, I have used it, and I'm not too ashamed to admit it. Uh, I'm hoping that some other people out there maybe uh, aren't too necessarily embarrassed to admit it as well. And uh, I just, I, I think what I want us to focus on today is to realize that not everybody who gets into this business starts from an absolute perfect uh, position to be able to, okay, I've got my home studio, I have my $1,000 microphone, I've got uh, $3,000 in computer gear, I've got all this software, and I have a perfectly sonically tuned room for me to go ahead and do my job. Now, let me record my demos and get to work, start raking that money in. I think that's an important point to consider, because so many of us, as busy as we are, sometimes you forget about those humble beginnings. You forget about where it is that you started and what gave you your passion for doing this work. How excited you were the first time that you got that job when you thought, wow, you know, I'm working with these meager circumstances and still I was able to produce a very top quality product that is going to be playing on radio, TV, uh, an audiobook, whatever the case may be. You were able to make the most of the situation that you had and the tools that were limited, although they may be, uh, that you had at your disposal. And I'll tell you, there's nothing quite like satisfaction of having a job be done right, having the customer be happy with the job, and knowing that you did the best that you possibly could, especially doing it by yourself. I think that gives us a sense of ownership in what we do. Now, sure, there's a lot of us that go to the studio and, and uh, have cut tracks over the years. I've spent my time in, in uh, plenty of radio stations doing uh, commercials, political ads, and the like. However, there's just nothing like, especially in this new age of uh, home studios, there's just nothing like being able to turn something out all on your own and having somebody say, wow, that's a great product, and give you that validation that you've been seeking. So what I'd like to do this week is I'd like to get some of you to send me your stories. Send me your photographs, if you have any. I know you got them. I've got them too. Send me some of your photographs. Send me some of your stories, and I'd like to take some of these and share them. I'd like to kind of keep a focus on this because, you know, after all, we do come from somewhere, and there's so many people that get into this, and, and there's a sense of intimidation, uh, I think, that can happen. It's, it's certainly not something that's purposeful, but if you're new in something and you're starting into it, and you maybe don't know how to ask questions, or maybe you, you feel that, well, since I'm not working in a studio or have, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of gear to my name, uh, maybe I shouldn't ask any questions. Well, you know what? This is a supportive community, and uh, we're all here to help each other. You know, that's that's what we're doing here. Sure, we network, and we've just had this wonderful thing with the with the voice conference this last weekend in Las Vegas, and people are getting out there and networking and, and really doing that business thing. So you know what? Let's not forget about the people that maybe couldn't make it to the voice conference. Let's think about the people that are looking towards doing this for uh, the foreseeable future. Those people that may have the passion, but maybe they don't have all the tools. So let's do what we should do, folks. Let's open our arms to these people, and uh, let's share our stories and uh, some tips and tricks that we're always uh, sharing here. That's that's certainly part of it. But let's make an open invitation to these people who maybe necessarily um, don't have all the tools and, and are really trying to get into this and uh, because they have a passion to do so. I mean, that's where it all starts, right? So let's all send in our stories, uh, questions, and, and as I've said before, there is absolutely no such thing as a stupid question. Uh, so let's see those questions. Let's see some stories. Uh, go ahead and send me some of your pictures. I can uh, post them on my website at the Defiant Digital website um, in a special section that I'm going 
going to start devoting to podcasts here shortly. Uh, more information on that later. And uh, let's see what we can do to help these people and uh, give them some good pointers and welcome them into the community. What do you say? Well, a very different departure today, but I felt like it uh, needed to get covered because I, I've been receiving some mail and, and it seems to me that there are some people um, that are really starting to come into this that are listening to the podcasts and they really want to be part of the group. And uh, I think that's a wonderful thing. I think we need to open our arms and welcome these people in and help them out because you know what? Somebody helped us along the line and uh, there was always uh, an opportunity to return that favor and I just want to make sure we're making those opportunities to return a favor the most that they can possibly be. So I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Go ahead and drop me a line here at adamfox.voices.com or you can hit me on the website at defiantdigital.com. Let's get those stories going. Let's get the pictures going. Let's really uh, delve into this for the next couple of weeks and let's see what we can uh, what we can find and who we can help. All right. Sounds great. So till next week, bye for now. If you'd like to share your humble beginnings, send in your audio feedback to media at voices.com. Voxbox, answering your voiceover questions. Today in the Voxbox, I'd like to welcome our resident voice cat, Mark Cashman. Mark has some advice that he'd like to share about choosing a voice acting class. Hi, this is Mark Cashman, the voice behind Ask the Voice Cat. It's April 11th, 2007, and I'm very excited because this is my very first podcast, and I'm very excited that Stephanie at Voices.com has asked me to contribute to the body of knowledge that Voices.com has been disseminating among the voice acting community. My topic today comes from an area of expertise in that I teach voice acting in Los Angeles, which is the center of the universe for voice actors. And many people have asked about what the best way is to go about choosing a voice acting class, of which I happen to know a little bit about. Now, I know there are voice acting classes all over the United States, and there are more voice acting classes in Los Angeles than almost any other city in the world, because there are more work opportunities here for voice acting. There are radio and TV commercials, animated series, documentary narrations, promos, movie trailers, ADR, audiobooks, live announce events, uh, radio imaging, and of course opportunities for website VOs and video games, corporate videos and training films and company messaging systems. But of course you have access to many of these areas through Voices.com. Now, class lengths and costs vary widely, as do topics, but how do you choose the voice acting class that's right for you? Well, here are a few guidelines and questions that you might consider asking. First, how experienced is the instructor? Is the teacher a former voice actor, a casting director, a producer? Does the instructor teach all the classes or do they have substitutes or proxies? Are there experts from other areas of voice acting brought in to enhance information given in class? Second, where are the classes held? Are the classes taking place in a professional recording studio where commercials are produced on a regular basis? Or are they held in someone's living room or a classroom with not much equipment? Next, what is the basic setup? Is the recording equipment professional? Is there a separate engineer? And is he or she experienced? Are you recording to cassette tape or CD? Is feedback between takes recorded for your subsequent review? Another question is how many people are in the class. You know, too many people in a class guarantee that you won't be getting much mic time. Ten students are the max a three-hour class should have. I prefer eight or less. Another question is, 
are the students in each class on the same level? You know, it's a little uncomfortable for everybody when beginners are lumped in with intermediates who've had a few classes under their belts or professionals who have demos or agents. It's also intimidating to beginners and basically not fair to students with more experience. Next is, does the instructor take just anyone? Experienced instructors screen prospective students to make sure that they get the most out of the course. A good instructor will ask a lot of questions about your physical and mental well-being to make sure that you're up for the challenge of a good VO course. Another question is, do materials accompany instruction? In other words, are handouts disseminated? Information that accompanies instruction is invaluable. It's material that you'll be able to refer to and use long after the course is ended. Another question is, is there homework? Experienced teachers will give you exercises to practice between classes to keep your abilities honed and focused. I give my students exercises to do in the car on the way to class. Another question is, is the business of voice acting addressed? Techniques are important. Acting skills are vital. But voice acting is also a business. If you're serious about making voice acting a career, topics specifically related to the business of voice acting should be covered. Another question is, can you audit a class? You really should be able to observe a class in action, at no charge, to get a taste of the instructor's teaching style, the topics covered, and the place where it's held. You'll be able to follow along, but don't expect to participate. Mic time is reserved for students who've paid for the course. Another question you should ask is, can you make up missed classes? Some courses allow this, others don't. I allow up to two makeups in my six-week course, but you should check with the instructor. Another question is, do other students like the course? What's the word of mouth about the course? Are there testimonials available? Can you contact current or former students directly? Sometimes talking to people who've taken the course can give you a more objective view. And finally, is there a course assessment? Do you get any kind of report card when you've completed the course? Do you receive a critique that gives you an analysis of your competency or proficiency? It's really good to know where you stand, competition-wise, in a very competitive arena. You want to know where your strengths and weaknesses lie. So hopefully, asking these questions should help you decide on the best voice acting class for you. I wish you a lot of luck, and if you have any questions, just write me. Thanks for listening. So, folks, that wraps up episode 24 of Vox Talk. You can get a hold of me by email, by dropping a line on the blog, or sending in your audio feedback to be played on the air. You can reach me at stephanie at voices.com. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. See you next Thursday.